0: This is Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks. This episode is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters for the show, and in the virtual studio today, as always, is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder of Pop Health Week. Hello, Fred. Hello,
1: Greg from beautiful
0: Jacksonville. How's
1: life out in San Diego after taking us the cleaners this last weekend in the football game?
0: <laughs> well, you went there. I won't say anything about it. So for those of you not familiar with my colleague, Fred, with a sense of humor today, he's a veteran healthcare executive and president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. Fred serves on the editorial board of the Journal for Population Health Management and the advisory board of the Care Innovations Validation Institute. He is also past chair and former board member of the Population Health Alliance, also known as PHA. Fred is known on Twitter as F.S. Goldstein. My background includes thought leadership and strategy consulting for hospitals, health systems, and physician-led ventures. I publish and principally author, acowatch.com, healthinnovationmedia.com and PrecisionMedicine.Center. Please follow me on Twitter via at 2HealthGuru. And now for today's special guest, Ken Satow, President and CEO, CareWire, Inc., a company that helps hospitals, health systems, ambulatory surgery centers, and other healthcare providers improve performance, enhance patient outcomes, and deepen loyalty. Ken's bio notes, More than 25 years of experience providing performance improvement solutions for leading healthcare organizations across the country. Prior to taking the helm at CareWire, he held operational and strategic leadership positions for a number of premier healthcare consulting firms, establishing a track record of successfully bringing new solutions and services to market. Most recently, Ken was a managing director at Huron Consulting Group's Healthcare Practice, Prior to that, he was an owner at Stock Camp and Associates, Inc., a partner within the global health services practice at Accenture. Ken holds a BS in computer science from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. So, Fred, with no further ado, (laughs) over to you. Let's get to know what Ken and what he's up to at CareWire. Thanks so much, Greg. And
1: Ken, it's a pleasure to have you on the show.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much.
1: Yeah, this is an exciting topic. Uh, we've known each other for a little while now and, uh, and gotten a chance to uh, dig into what you do a bit and give me a little background on CareWire, what it does, sort of why you acquire the company and, uh, and what its usefulness is in the healthcare sector.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, as Greg mentioned, I've been in the healthcare uh, space for the last 25 or so years, and uh, as a consultant on both the payer side as as well as the provider side, and so really sort of gotten to understand uh, sort of the dynamics within uh, within healthcare. And one of the one of the observations uh, over time is that you know really uh, the mobile device. Uh, is really an underutilized asset, we believe um, in uh, in, health, in the healthcare space uh, as it relates to how patients are being communicated with, how they're being engaged. and of course, patient engagement is one of those topics that everyone is talking about. And I think you know what's really unique here is this intersection of M health and, and patient engagement. And we saw you know, an awful lot of opportunity about how to really, make that real and make that happen. And, you know, that's what CareWire is about. CareWire is uh, a text-first mobile communication platform that really is focused on driving consumer engagement. And, you know, our goal is to reach as many people as we possibly can, regardless of socioeconomic status or age. And, you know, as part of that, Uh, We have chosen this text-first approach, and we can can dig into that a little bit more in in a moment. But we also understand another very important part of what CareWire does. It's not only about the engagement on the patient or the member side, but it's also about how do we enable and equip Uh, staff uh, within the healthcare provider to leverage and utilize that data and really integrate that uh, information into their day-to-day workflow. And so we've developed tools and techniques and capabilities where we can deploy really a 360-degree solution, one that, again, focuses on the patient or the member engagement, and one that focuses on how the healthcare provider leverages and uses that uh, that information to really, with the real end goal of improving outcomes for everyone involved.
1: So you mentioned this um, text first approach, and you know everyone's talking about an app. We have to have an app. Let's use an app, but really. Is, and I'm sure you'll touch on this, the simplest way to communicate is through SMS texting. So, what do you mean by text first approach?
2: Well, that's exactly right. So, you know, all of what we've chosen and we we've thought an awful lot about, you know, sort of mobile and what is the best way to reach the most people in the easiest way and really with the least amount of friction. Um, there is an awful lot of talk about apps uh, out in the industry and as there's also an awful lot of talk about the challenges of real adoption of those of those apps. Um, you know, again, there's lots and lots of lots of statistics about the hundreds and thousands of apps that are out there. And if we think about our own behavior, we know that there are really just a couple of apps that we use on a regular basis. And then when you extend that thought really some of the demographics, maybe the older demographics, where you know the idea of downloading an app and configuring it and getting the notifications right can be a real can be a real challenge. And so, you know, we chose the approach to go really, in in a lot of ways, with that least common denominator. You know, the the statistics tell us that you know eighty one percent of the population uh, tech on a regular basis um, and that includes seniors as well as uh, those that may be in lower socioeconomic status and so we view that as a real opportunity and in a lot of ways what you can do is you can think about the text messaging as the app that is preloaded on everyone's cell phones and and so what we do is this notion of text first is that all of our interactions do begin with a text message you know in a lot of ways and I've been talking to folks about this is you can think about it as a digital tap on the shoulder if you think about, you know, all of your listeners, when a text message comes in, it grabs your attention. And there is though a limit to the Im- uh, there is a limit to the amount of uh, information that can be, uh, can be disseminated in a text message. And it's also, uh, you know, it's text-based. It's not, you know, you don't have the richness, uh, potentially, of sort of deeper interactions. You also, you'll have to ta- you be careful about, uh, about uh, sharing protected health information. And so what we do is that you've got the text message, you go as far as you can with, with that text message of communicating the information and uh, driving a call to action. But then what you can do is you can embed links within those text messages that can take them to uh, that really serve as a gateway to the mobile web. And in the mobile web, you know, you can take them to well, if you so desire, you can take to maybe a custom web application where you can drive you know a deeper interaction and maybe if you wrap the appropriate security around that web application. And safely and securely exchange PHI. So really, when you think about the text message as a starting point, embedding a link to take them to as a gateway to the mobile web, really you can start to really imagine the possibilities and the uh, and the range of motion that you have and types of use cases without the patient really having to do anything but start with that text message interaction. It's really quite powerful when you think about it, and I will tell you that our data supports an extraordinarily high level of engagement consistently, um, and very few folks voluntarily opting out, and then we are seeing the needle move from an outcomes perspective.
1: And you you touched on this a little bit, and I think, it, you know, I've uh, I've seen your stats on this, so maybe you can uh, remind me of what they are, but this, the response rate, to a text versus, say, an email or some other approach, is both quick, I understand, and more immediate in the sense, that in terms of doing something about it.
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So, the way we think about the case for change, if you look at your traditional communication channels, you know, the telephone uh, and making phone calls, and then emails. Well, we know what we know with uh, telephone calls and voicemails is that increasingly people just are not checking their voicemails, um, you, you, and then in emails, you run into the very same thing. The, the typical user response time for an email based upon some studies that have been published is in the neighborhood of about two and a half days. Um, and so those communication channels really don't allow you necessarily to capitalize on the notion of time within the healthcare interaction. Now, a text message, as a contrast to that, is that you know typically 99% of text messages are read, and um, about 91% of those of those are read within three minutes of time. Again, reflect on your own uh, on your own view of when a text message comes in and how you respond to that. And then, what we also see in our data is that the vast majority. Of the of the messages uh, that are sent, where we ask for a response, the vast majority of those uh, of those responses come in um, within the fif- within a 15. 15- minute time frame, And then if you break that down even further in the first three to five minutes are the most active. So you've got sort of this advantage where, again, you can start thinking about time. So, you know, if a simple example, if if someone uh, you've told them they're getting ready for a procedure, uh, they need to be NPO the night before, um, you can remind them at 6 p.m. the night before that they shouldn't be eating or drinking after midnight. And then you can supplement that with further instructions about, you know, maybe what clear liquids mean again, to avoid some of the uh, uh, the delays or potential cancellations because somebody inadvertently, um, you know, ate something or drank something when they just out of habit, just sort of forgot to do it. So this becomes a really, really powerful channel when you start thinking about the, um, the dimension of time.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's a really strong engagement tool, obviously, with this 91%, you know, looking at this stuff and I know a text comes in and I'm looking at it, my whether it's because my phone buzzed or I got a beep or whatever vibrated. And, and, you know, you, you want to see it. So obviously it provides those services. And you, you mentioned this a little bit, you know, this example of a, a 6 PM sending somebody a text for a surgery tomorrow. A lot of this functionality, you've, you've got this strong back end that allows you to build in this, um, what are some of the functions you can do with text Messenger, or how you're seeing some of your clients use it?
2: Yeah So, you know one of the things that we do is that we work with each of our Customers to really custom develop the interactions that are going to be most meaningful uh, Most meaningful to them and it's going to move the needle on the business objectives that are most uh, most meaningful but I will say that uh, typically uh, that the use cases that we're deploying against fall into four broad you know, broad categories. Um, the first is what we've, what we've talked about, patient preparation and post-discharge uh, messaging. Um, so everything leading up to a, uh, an encounter. It could be as simple as a primary care visit. It can be as complicated as a total joint replacement, for example. So it's supplementing and reinforcing and making sure that the patient is taking all of the steps necessary to both be educated um, about the procedure that they're going to have and then take the steps to whether it's completing their medical history, whether uh, completing any pre-admission testing, making sure that they know what their their financial responsibility might be prior to uh, the encounter, Um, and then the things that they should bring the day of to make sure they bring a responsible driver if they're gonna have anesthesia. Sort of all of those steps that they are communicated at the time where a uh, procedure is is scheduled, but we all know that over the passage of time, we don't always have that information at hand and sometimes um, don't take the right steps when the right steps are necessary. And then after the fact, as you start thinking about post the post-encounter, you know, we all have instructions uh, treatment plan instructions, uh, medication instructions, all the things that we know that we're supposed to do after the fact, um, and this can reinforce those instructions just to make sure that you're taking the right steps and also provide you as with a simple simple thing as a telephone number to call if you have any questions. So that, can, that covers a very, very broad waterfront when you think about patient preparation and the recovery process. The There's- second...
1: Oh, Ken, before you get to the next Go one, ahead. there's also, I understand, you know, you've built this system. So, for example, not only is it about education for that individual, but it can be about workflow and efficiency, too. So, it can automate, say, a reminder to send, tell someone, hey, the clinic's running a little late, come in yeah. a little later, things like that as well.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so, we, we have developed this, uh, this application that we call the Mobile Communications Manager that is a tool... For staff within a provider or payer organization to utilize, and there's a lot of capabilities that that brings to the table. It, it, you know, it gives you insights into all of the messages that are being sent. You see all of the responses in real time as they've come in. Um, we've also built a couple of features on top of that that really. Deepen the utility of this capability. The first is one that you're describing, which we have a an arrival time management capability. So if indeed the you want to change an arrival time, uh, because perhaps uh, you know you're on a block schedule and you've scheduled to follow and and, and the, the room has run behind, and you want to adjust that arrival time in real time, you can change the arrival time through the mobile communications manager. The patient is automatically texted. The fact that their, their arrival time has changed, they confirm back that they got the message and you've been able to to really condense that interaction and get the information in a very timely and relevant way uh, to the patient. You can also do things, such as sending messages on demand, uh, we provide and work with each of our each of our customers to develop an on-demand messaging library. That so if they if they perhaps you, they're up in the you know in a in a part of the country where they have weather closures, you can you can automatically get messaging out to all of the folks that may be scheduled for that day to let them know they'll be closed for weather. Um, and here's the number to call to reschedule. So it is a you know it, it, that notification feature and that arrival time management feature. Really Really adds to the depth of capability, and then on top of that, the last feature that I would want to mention is a broader notification feature. So, if you do have some information that comes from the from the patient and needs that that needs to be some action taken immediately, we have a notification feature where, based upon uh, business rules that are defined during implementation, if a certain set of uh, types of information come in that the a designated provider staff person is notified, um, either via an email or a text message, to let them know that they have some action that they need to take. So again, that sort of reinforces this idea that we're developing, we've got a capability that really is 360 degrees that drives the, 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 the interaction with the patient, but also drives action within the provider organization.
1: Great. Yeah, thanks for touching on that. And, and let's get on to some of those we're about to talk about.
2: Yeah, so the, the the second broad use case that we're implementing against is uh, is focused on population health. And so as you you think about a couple of of different types of capabilities, um, per, things like preventive screening reminders. You know, we're working uh, we're working with one customer. It's a you know a fairly it's a fairly simple use case, but one that's extraordinarily important to them. That is making sure that um, new moms are taking the right steps to uh, to bring their children in for well child visits. On a, in a timely manner. And so we've seen, you know, we've seen uh, results that, you know, after we send a message to, to, to one of these individuals, uh, 40% of the time, um, an appointment shows up in the record within just a couple of days. So we're getting their attention, and then we're driving, driving them towards, uh, towards making sure that they're getting those visits done. And we've seen uh, a 50% overall improvement of the, of the timeliness of those well child visits occurring. So the preventive screening reminders and all of the important things that go along with that. We're also supporting chronic conditions management and we've got a we've got a couple of that we're focusing on this where we've developed I mentioned a little bit earlier this text first approach. So we you there's a text message that is a call to action, a link is embedded in that message. Well, what we know is is that we cannot we cannot share PHI uh, you know, through a, through a text message. We have to be very, very careful about, about that. But what we've developed is a secure way to interact with the patient. And so they would, they, we would embed a link, we click on a link, there's all the appropriate authentication that's required. Uh, the patient then chooses a four-digit PIN that serves as really their key to get to the to get to the uh, to the to the information. And so from a population health perspective, we're working with a with a customer who uh, we're helping them manage their COPD, CHF and diabetics diabetic panels. And so they are they have a program in place where they're on a daily basis asking for information from the patients that are participating in these panels. For example, blood glucose levels, similar readings, et cetera. And so we're getting that information securely. That information is coming back uh, to, uh, to that provider. And then if any of the data that comes back is outside of a predetermined norm, uh, a notification is going to their health coach, they close the loop with the patient. So this has been proven to be a very effective way to interact with the patient with those type of patients uh, securely and safely with really uh, important data that's, that's important to the management of their overall care and condition.
1: And those rules that you talk about are are determined by the provider, but then it essentially takes that data element and auto-generates that notification to the coach is it correct that
2: that's exactly right that's exactly right the i would say that 98 to 99% of the message that we're doing is really automatic it's defined up front through uh, through our implementation process we define these things that are called message maps and the message maps you can think about it simply as a you know it's a recipe of messages it's a series of messages that uh, there and there are business rules that decide which patients get which message and then there are business rules that decide uh, based upon how a patient responds to a question that takes them down a different path all the, with a goal of driving to a certain, a certain outcome. So it's all developed up front. And it, of course, it can all be changed over time as we learn more, but um, it's all really provide a real leverage point. Because you know, you, know, you, you know for sure that um, in today's healthcare environment, providers are really tasked to do more and better with less. Right? So what I think is really, really, really cool about what we're doing and I think really, really important about what we're doing is that we're not only driving toward an engagement, improving engagement, improving the way in which we're communicating with patients and members, we're doing it in a very cost efficient and effective way such that you know, for providers who have to reach, you know, reach more patients than they ever have before. It's more important uh, than ever what patients are up to when they're not within the four walls of a health system. This is really providing a great tool to leverage uh, their time and their energies to really reach a broad subset of those patients.
1: So after population health, I think there's another two areas you wanted to touch on.
2: Yeah, there's uh, there's we're doing awful also an awful lot of work in the patient satisfaction uh, space. And what's what what's really neat about what we're doing with patient satisfaction, you know, it's not our it's not our goal or our intention to replace, you know, sort of the broader patient satisfaction uh capabilities, like you know, the press of the world, those are extraordinarily important. What we're doing is we're we're striving to get Insights, immediate insights, uh, as close to the encounter or as close to the interaction as we possibly can, uh, such that that the provider can act on that. And the idea on that is that you know if there is a patient experience which is less than desirable, that the provider is going to get immediate insight into that and have the opportunity to do some service recovery prior to uh, potentially that. Patient experience being translated to one of those broader, uh, one of those broader survey mechanisms, and so what we do on the patient satisfaction side is that uh, we we uh, we implement a net promoter-like uh, survey. Uh, it can be one question, it can be a couple of questions, but you know usually it's you know how satisfied were you with the care that you received, as an example, and then depending upon how the patient responds. The, that our, our platform responds in kind. So, for example, if someone uh, responded with maybe a, a zero to six, they were, they were a detractor, they were unhappy with their experience, a follow-up message might, uh, might come in that says, we appreciate you providing, uh, providing your perception of your care. Would you mind if someone gave you a call to understand more about your experience? And then if they say yes, then that notification goes to the designated uh, provider person, and they make, that, they make that telephone call. In our, we work with a couple of more retail providers, uh, Miracle Air as an example, and if they, uh, if someone responds with let's say a 9 or a 10, they were very satisfied, then we have an opportunity to maybe drive, uh, to drive the patient to an online review site, for example. Um, So there's a lot of really flexible things that you can do to really get insights. And we see response rates, um, we see response rates to these anywhere from, you know, 40% and above. And so that creates a very, very big N for large health systems where they can really look at, you know, maybe some systemic, uh, not only only help on on a patient by patient basis, but also look for systemic trends because there's a lot of data that we collect. We can tell, based upon the data that gets exchanged, we can tell them that, you know, it may be in this clinic um, on this day at this time is where we're seeing some dissatisfaction and that gives them some insights and some things that they might be able to focus on in order to improve.
1: Fantastic. And and so I, I know there's, there's one other you may want to touch on, but Talk a little about this. There's this whole back end. And you mentioned some of the data and insights you can get. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of things are you tracking in this system?
2: Yeah. So uh, so there are there's a lot of information. And if I had to, if I had to break it down into three broad categories, is that we track participation, we track engagement, and then we throw a business of for our, for our customer. And so when you think about participation, it's all about, you know, for the, for the uh, patient population that is, you know, able to participate or is participating, you know, what percentage have SMS-enabled cell phones, as an example. And one of the things that our platform does is that we're able to parse through all of the telephone number data and determine which of those numbers are SMS-enabled, which is really, a, it's really a, an important capability. Because uh, I know, for example, me, for one, I don't have a landline. And I give my cell phone number as my home phone number, and so I bet you, and some healthcare records somewhere, they don't believe they have my mobile number, and so we, you know, we check all those numbers. We find, uh, we find what is SMS enabled, and what we find is that, you know, generalization, but you know, maybe about seventy-five to eighty percent of the time there are mobile numbers there. So we we track participation. Uh, we also track opt-outs. And so one of the things that you, you, know, you have to do uh, sort of in the, in, in the text messaging world as you think about not only HIPAA requirements, but also Telephone Consumer Protection Act requirements, we have to make sure that the patient knows how to opt out. And so they can type in stop at any time to discontinue the messages. Um, what we see across our population is an opt out and a voluntary opt out rate of about 8%. Um, it, it So said another way, 92% continue to receive the messages. What's really interesting about that is we see in our Medicaid population, uh, we generally see opt-outs in about the five or five and a half percent range. So that's a really, really good population. And then in our Medicare population, while we may see a lower instance of cell phone utilization, we see opt-outs uh, in the in the 6% range. And so we see opt-outs at a nice range and we see the engagement of um, uh, of that population to be very high. Um, we track, you know, uh, if we present a link where we're tracking link clicks so we can understand, you know, what percentage of people are clicking on those links. Uh, we track if people are responding, you know, what are they responding, when are they responding what time are they responding and how quickly are they responding and that helps us really drive towards optimizing the messaging that we're doing we know that if you really want to get a response to a message 10 a.m is a really good time to do that and um, and so we we work with with our customers to really turn the dials to help to help optimize and then the last category is is focused on the customer's business objective so you know for example if a customer's business objective is to you know improve Uh, improve their patient self-service rate, you know, improve that the amount of time that patients go out and they uh, pre-register themselves prior to their procedure. You know, we worked with one hospital in the Twin Cities where we saw uh, we saw about a a 70% increase in the amount of in, in the instances of folks going out and um, and, and doing self self service uh, uh, registration, as an example, we worked with um, you know with Miracle Air to see um, a you know 50% increase in in show rates, as an example. So we see the needle move on those types of activities, which are great indicators of engagement, but also as you think about sort of driving to uh, to certain outcomes, uh, you sort of see you sort of see that in the Data. So again, it's participation, it's engagement, and then it's the data relative to uh, to the outcome that the customer is looking to achieve.
1: Yeah, fascinating, and, and really some fantastic information. Um, one quick comment. Uh, we know we're on a time. How hard is it? You you you're, you covered a lot. How hard is it to set something like this up mm-hmm. for the and yeah, what well, sort of a set do you provide versus them having to do it all?
2: You know, that's a, you know, that's a great question. You know, uh, briefly, is that. In general, it probably takes us in the neighborhood of four to six weeks to implement uh, the solution within an organization. And, uh, and it's something that can be done quickly uh, and very effectively. We take a very light IT touch that really helps expedite uh, how we get these things uh, implemented.
1: Well, that's great. I think what you've shown is sometimes the simplest approach, which, you know, text messaging, nobody thinks of that one, maybe the best. So, well, thanks so much, Ken, for your time. Great show. We'll probably have to get you back on to cover some more stuff. You're full of knowledge on this, but thanks again for joining us.
2: No, thank you. I, I very much appreciate it. Thanks to you, Greg, as well.
0: And that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank Ken Satow for his time today and my colleague Fred Goldstein for an engaging conversation. Do follow CareWire on Twitter via at CareWire and on the web at www.carewireinc.com. And for those of you heading to what is now the Connected Health Conference, in National Harbor uh, later this year it used to be the M Health Summit uh, Ken will be there so check him out until we meet again on Pop Health Week for Fred Goldstein this is Greg Masters saying bye now <music>